wake up quick at about noon. And welcome into another edition, another Friday night edition, another weekend edition of the podcast with Amy Barling here on the Be Heard platform. I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're downloading. I'm so thankful that you are listening. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate your support of this podcast and your support of all of the podcast here on the Be Heard podcast platform, including our new one, Build Black, that I do with Barry Axius and Kendra Montgomery Block, which I actually just got done recording. Yes, it's Friday night. That podcast comes out on Tuesdays, uh, but we record on Friday. So the way I think I've told you this before, I share everything with you guys. The show ends, record Build Black, take the girls for a walk. And man, the whole dynamic of this Friday night show changed like quickly because I had the addition of the Build Black podcast. And now it's dark really early. I got to get the dogs out. I got to get them walked. It's raining. But the Terramana is still here, baby. The Terramana is still here. And first sip is to you. Cheers. Hope you got a chance to listen to D-Lo and KC today. We had Mark Jones on, the new play-by-play voice for the Sacramento Kings. Still works for ESPN, college football, NBA, all of that stuff. I hope you got a chance to hear it's on the radio.com app. What's great about it is I didn't exactly know what was happening. Um, I remember we had a text exchange earlier in the week. This is we're working on getting Mark Jones. We think we're going to get him Friday. Don't promote it. Don't say anything because we've got to follow up on it. All right. Understandable. You never want to promote something you can't deliver. Got it. Swear to God, close the phone. Never thought of it again. This was probably Tuesday. Never thought of it again. And we had our show call, laid out the show. Here's what we're going to do. Coach Yak from 4th and 9 is going to join us. We'll talk about the 49ers. You know, there's just not a strong angle there. 49ers, you know, the the whole thing with them has just kind of gone south really quickly. Uh, Damon Bruce will be with us. And then Marshall Harris for a weekly visit. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Show's laid out strong. Show gets underway. And Kenny and I, we're we're actually, we're, we're leading into Coach Yak. So we're talking about the 49ers and the Saints. And like I've never heard of this before. I had never heard of this until um until we we, we started the show, but you know the 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 inner office communication slack. Well, we have that open. We have that program open, which is like I get it. Like it it's it works. It's glorified group text, but like I get it. And you know, we communicate with our producer at the ESPN studios with that and we pr- communicate with our program director if he needs something or needs to remind us of something or shoot us something or whatever. So we, we have a channel that we communicate through. And normally, like, it's it's at the very, very bottom of the screen that's in front of me where the Zoom camera's at. So I'm looking at it the whole time, and Kenny is, is, is right above me or is right above Slack. And I started to see it like all I look for is a flicker. If it flickers, you know, I take a quick look at it. Otherwise, I, I kind of ignore it. And I saw it flicker, like, once, twice, three times. And I'm like, what is, like, what's going on here? And Kenny's talking. And I see Mark Jones's name. And so I'm like, oh, wait, I got to follow this thread. What is this saying? Hey, guys, Mark Jones is going to be on in a few minutes. We're going to push the interview with Coach Yak back later. Uh, but Mark Jones should be calling in any minute. And I'm looking at this thread like, wait a minute, that was a couple minutes ago. And, and my partner and then Jesse, uh, our producer in the studio, uh, he writes back, yep, just talk to the Kings. Uh, he'll be calling any second. And it was at that point I was like, oh, and I, I finally had to, and Kenny knows when I'm distracted. Like Kenny's, Kenny's a super pro 
and and we've established like good chemistry already. He knows like if I'm zeroed in on something and typing, it's probably something back to, you know, the studio or, or something important. So he took over and I finally had to acknowledge like, sorry, dude, like I'm distracted. And that was my way of kind of putting a halt to the conversation. So I could say, hey, we're done talking about the 49ers. Mark Jones is going to join us here in just a little bit. And Mark Jones joined us like literally seconds later. Uh, and Mark is like, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a pro's pro. We could have had a, a one second notice and just said, Hey, Mark Jones is on the phone. He wants to talk. And he would have been fantastic, but it was great to talk to him. Uh, it was great to hear him talk about the Kings, uh, hear his excitement about um, having a, having a team that, that's yours, right? Like having, like there are only 30 of these jobs in the entire league. Uh, and he's got one of them, even though he's the, you know, second biggest voice in the NBA when it comes to play by play on ESPN. Uh, he knew that this this job would be good for him, uh, good for his career, and it could be good for him in the long term because when he's done doing all that traveling with ESPN and put his kids through school and saved up his money and done all of that great stuff that comes with having a well paying job, man, he could just hunker down and hang out with us here in Sacramento. So we're thrilled to have Mark Jones. It was a great conversation course you can listen to it on the radio.com app that's the exclusive home of our Dilo and Casey podcast so I hope you go check that out I really did enjoy that and it's an exciting time man like I, I had you know when when we found out the basketball season was coming back I wasn't really excited like I didn't miss it yet I don't want to say talking to Mark changed that really the rumors started to change that and you know the Russell Westbrook rumor is out there Russell Westbrook wants to be out of Houston and there's a way to get him to Sacramento so of course I jumped on that there was a a really humbling experience that took place the last couple of days and it was how many people because I've been I mean the Russell Westbrook's a strong bit right it's in the open of the show for goodness sakes it's in the open of D'Lo and Casey it was for a long time the Russell Westbrook traded to Houston show for a long time was the most downloaded episode of the podcast, which I thought was funny. It made me think that you guys were jerks and you just wanted to hear my reaction to it. But I always found that funny that for a long time, that was one of the, uh, that was the highest rated for a long time. I think it's still one of the highest though. It's fallen way behind some of the more recent ones, but it was really humbling to figure out when I put that stuff out on social media how many people didn't realize it was a joke? Not, not that, not that a, a joke in the sense, if Russell Westbrook came to Sacramento, I'd be elated. But how many people didn't realize that my love for Russell Westbrook has become a bit? And Kings fans like, this is so stupid. No, this is horrible. It's like, oh, wow. Y'all have not listened to me for like the last four years. Either that or you, you, you didn't get that it was a bit. That was humbling. Cause you think you like you you think you like carved your place here in the market, like Anthony got it. I know Anthony's listening. Anthony got it. He knew what it was. And again, I'm not saying I wouldn't be thrilled if Russell Westbrook was a member of the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, I would. I'd be ecstatic. Yes, I would trade. I would trade Buddy Hield in a heartbeat. I'd trade Corey Joseph. You could line up guys that I would trade to get Russell Westbrook. But people think like I'm blindly like passionate towards him. Like no, I'm not. I am eyes wide open, but I'm ride or die at this point. 
<laughs> I, I've ridden this Russell Westbrook thing so long, like I just have to ride it till the wheels fall off. I had to do the same thing with Kobe Bryant. I had to do the same thing with Kobe. Kobe couldn't make nothing his final two years. I was riding it. That was my guy, all because like five years earlier, I had picked I had picked Kobe over LeBron. And it became my friends, my family. It became a bit. I had to ride it. Ride it out. And that's what I'm doing with Russell Westbrook. I'm riding that bitch till the wheels fall off. And the fact that some people actually think the wheels are falling off is magnificent. Like, dude averaged 27, 7, and 8 last year with James Harden on the roster. He was allegedly not even the primary guy. It's 27, 7, and 8. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Y'all talk about him like he's washed, as Kenny would say. Like he's no good. Like, what are you talking about? 27, 7, and 8? But y'all worried about Corey Joseph. Get the fuck out of here. Y'all worried about that number 12 pick. Dude, you can't be serious. Oh, he's going to stunt De'Aaron Fox's growth. Oh, dude, didn't we do that two drafts ago? I had a better excuse two drafts ago. That's it. Let's let's not let's not worry about having two primary ball handlers on, on the court, please. And I love that we talk about well, there were two primary ball handlers in Houston. How did that work out? For real? Like, you really want to know how it worked out? Because Houston's had quite a few wins. Houston was forty four and twenty eight this year in the abbreviated season. Y- y- y'all want to hold on to the Kings being 31 and 41? I love how I progressively got angrier the more I talked about this. How could you not want Russell Westbrook here? How could any team not want? If I told you, like, right now, we're not trading De'Aaron, we're not trading Marvin Bagley, end of story, but we're going to get Russell Westbrook here. Who are you freaking out over going, oh, my God, no, that's a terrible idea. Who? Y'all already hate Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes ain't done nothing to nobody but be a good, upstanding citizen and a a great community member in Sacramento. Does solid out there on the basketball floor. Problem is, his contract is too high for some people's likings. Like, we act like we're paying Harrison Barnes' contract. Like, 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 Harrison Barnes' money comes out of our wallets. Oh, he just makes too much money. 14 points to make all of that money. Like, ah, you got to... We've got to unload Harrison's contract. I love that when fans do that. We've got to get rid of Buddy Hill's contract. You don't pay it? What are you worried about? What are you talking about? You worried about a salary cap? Like, all right. Here's a legitimate argument. Let's worry about the salary cap. How do we have a team that is pushing the threshold of the salary cap? And they won 31 games last year. You've got a team that is pushing the threshold of the salary cap and they ain't made the playoffs in 14 years. Bruh, that is organizational mismanagement. That has nothing to do with Harrison Barnes. That has nothing to do with Buddy Heal. That has that is organizational mismanagement. And you've gotten that well, organization out. Still the Kings. But you've gotten that stuff out. I don't get all the Harrison Barnes hate either. I like Harrison Barnes. 
But if you told me you packaged him with Buddy Hield and they're both gone, I like Harrison Barnes, the person. Well, not I like Harrison Barnes, the player. I don't even know Harrison Barnes. But I know he's a good dude. I know he's a good dude. I know he's a good locker room guy. No, Buddy's a great shooter, man. This is a weird one. This is such a fascinating week ahead of us. Really for Kings fans. I mean, I know it's a, it's a fascinating week for everybody, for, you know, NBA fans everywhere, for sure. Because, you know, the NBA is back. And for some people, this is this is the, you know, this is so different than the bubble. This is not the end of a season. Like, this is the beginning of a brand new one. So, you know, all of the, there's all the hope out there. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen with the Golden State Warriors. I'm fascinated with what's going to happen with them on Wednesday with what's going to happen with them on Friday and what's going to happen with them this season. Like, I think the Warriors might be a number one seed. Now, of course, that depends on what happens with the Lakers because, you know, the deal, everybody wants to go play for the Lakers. And this time, like, I think there's some legitimacy behind it. Remember, everybody wants to play for the Lakers or the Knicks. And forever, nobody wanted to play with the Lakers or the Knicks. Then LeBron goes there. It's like, okay, still, whatever, prove it. And then you trade for AD and it's like, all right, Then you go out and win a championship, and it's like, okay. Now this floodgate of everybody actually wanting to play for the Lakers might open up. Except maybe Avery Bradley, who hasn't decided if he's going to opt in or out of his deal. And I don't even know that there's a timeline. This is so wild. Dude, the draft is coming up. Free agency is coming up. Training camp is like three and a half weeks away. We don't even have a schedule yet. We, We don't have a schedule we don't even know where one of the teams in the league is going to be playing. Like we have no idea where the where the Toronto Raptors are going to be playing. Cuz Canada's too smart for this. Canada's like, "Nah, dude, y'all cannot play here. Y'all go do something else. Go 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 to Tampa, go to Buffalo, go do, go do whatever the hell you want to, but don't bring that in and out stuff out of our country. We're trying to get this pandemic under control." Y'all over there in America wilding out. Keep wilding. Keep that stuff out of here. But this is all happening so quick. No no schedule. No idea where this team is going to play. No nothing. We don't we where I we don't know where guy when guys can opt in and out of deals. We keep getting these reports. What uh, um uh Bielitsa. Will the Kings pick up Nemanja Bielitsa's option? Well, we'll know dot, 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 soon. Because we don't really know. Avery Bradley, oh, he's weighing the option. Austin River, same thing. He's probably going to opt out of his deal. He wants to explore the market. Makes sense. Financial sense. Works for him. Cool. When? Nobody knows. It's 2020. Nobody knows. We're pretty much flying by the seat of our pants. This whole year. The whole year, we're just... Yeah, we'll figure out things how we go. We'll, we'll figure out things as we go along. Like I don't know, and that's why this—that's why we're in such horrendous shape. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. Figure out as we go going along. We got Thanksgiving coming up. We've got restaurants getting ready to close again. Barbershops getting ready to. We got we got the world on the verge of shutting down a second time. Not the world, just the country, because we're the dumb ones and we couldn't get this thing under the under control. We're on the verge of the country shutting down for the second time all right if y'all had just done this shit right the first time which brings to mind the election actually kind of came to a conclusion today now i know that uh, 
Joe Biden was projected to be the winner last Saturday, which was after we recorded last week's episode. Uh, and again, thank you for all of the amazing support for, I would say, our Vote Like Your Life Depends On It episodes. But really, it extended through all of our episodes with Kamara Williams, uh, who hopefully is going to join uh, the Be Heard podcast platform. He's got all of the... Uh, he's got all of the equipment at his house now, and he's really kind of taken a liking to this. And hopefully, yeah, I mean, he's a super smart dude, really, really enjoyable. Uh, I I loved our conversations, particularly our one uh, last week. After it, again, it wasn't it wasn't projected that Joe Biden had won, but it was we kind of knew at that point that Joe Biden was going to win. He was projected the winner on Saturday morning. Uh, today, it's time I'm recording this on Friday. The final two states. Uh, were projected. Finally, North Carolina was uh, projected for Donald Trump. And Georgia, in the fifth state that Joe Biden flipped in this election, uh, was uh, awarded to him, making the total the exact total from last year, which is really extraordinary. There are so many amazing things about this election. The Electoral College finished 306 to 232. Uh, Joe Biden beat Donald Trump. 306 to 232 in the popular vote. As it stands right now, Joe Biden is ahead by roughly five to six million, like five and a half million. Even more amazing about this, to me, at least in my opinion, Donald Trump got 72 million votes this year. And we know this is the highest... Uh, election turnout, you know, since white men with property were allowed to vote. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. This was the highest election turnout since only white men with property were allowed to vote. 72 million people voted for Donald Trump. He lost by roughly 6 million. He lost by the same, quote, historic landslide that he won by last time, 306 to 232. But he got... 10 million more voters. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Donald Trump, four years ago, lost the election by 3 million votes. This year, or 2016, excuse me, last election cycle, Donald Trump lost the election by 3 million votes, won the Electoral College, 62 million total votes, roughly. This election cycle, he lost the Electoral College by the same amount that he won by last year, but got 10 million more votes and still lost by 5.5 million. That is freaking extraordinary to me. Absolutely amazing. And the votes are still being counted, obviously, because we're dreadfully slow at counting votes. I, I feel like, is, is Georgia even finished? Nope, Georgia Georgia has been at 99% reported for a week. This isn't a political podcast. I'm moving on. I just found that, like, absolutely amazing. I don't even know what led me to this. Like, what got me here? Oh, I was talking about the pandemic. I was like, dude, did you see Joe Lacob's plan? Now, I applaud Joe Lacob for two reasons. One, He's trying. Two, he's using his own money. But he's got this idea of like letting in, letting, you know, opening up the Chase Center and letting in Warriors at, at, at like 
which there aren't very many NFL stadiums which are outdoors that are at 50%. But Joe Lacob has this idea of spending $30 million upwards, as Ramona Shelburne reports, upwards of $30 million to test every Warrior fan, every Warrior employee, every Warrior player with the most accurate form of COVID-19 testing for each home game at the Chase Center. And he's got this, there's this, uh, I, I, I don't mean to chuckle when I, he's got this, this state-of-the-art air filtration system. They say it has the capability to use 100% outside air and it purges the air supply. It replaces, this, this is so fascinating, it replaces the air, the, 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 the air filtration system at the Chase Center in San Francisco replaces the air inside with outside air four times an hour. 50%, 50% capacity. And that's Joe Lacob's plan. I thought, okay, well, like, let's, let's think about this. And what I really got hung up on, and forgive me for those of you who listen to the open of D-Lo and KC today if I'm being repetitive. Joe Lacob said, I not only want to get this done and show the world how we can do it now, I'm willing to spend the money to do it. He also says, this is serious. It's a serious problem cannot go on for multiple years because if this were to go on for multiple years, the NBA is no more. Joe Lacob goes on to say, you cannot sustain this league with no fans. You could do it for a year. We'll all get by for a year, but suppose we're in this situation next year. Now we're talking about serious, serious financial damage to a lot of people. Now, I told you, I have multiple, I, I, I have conflicting feelings about this. I admire this line of thinking. I admire it because he's attempting to do something. I admire it because he's not asking taxpayers to do it, or he's not asking season ticket holders to do it, or he's not asking patrons to do it. Like, he's using his own money to do it. I also admire it because you're talking about serious, serious financial damage to a lot of people. He's not talking about Steph Curry. He's talking about the ushers, right? He's talking about the, the concession workers. He's talking about the, the, um, the, the ticket executives. He, he's talking about those people. He's talking about those people that work within the organization. And so I, I, I applaud that. I'm like, good, good thinking, Joe. Like, I, I appreciate that. But the issue with this is, and, 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 and to be fair, we mentioned the testing, but this also involves like, social distancing and fans wearing masks inside and all of those sorts of different things. And I actually thought when the NFL season started, I thought, you know, like if we know I'm going to use, I, I'm going to use the Raiders for an example, because that's, that's who I originally used. But in the NFL, if you're outside and you're like, all right, or even if you're inside, like, 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 like the Raiders are, Social distancing, 25%. Cool. But give everybody like this really cool mask. Like eight eight weeks of your season. Eight home games. Like it's mask night. 
and you get these dope ass like imagine that that stadium in Las Vegas like these black masks with the silver and black on it. I thought, yo, that'd probably be dope. Fans would buy into that, right? Would they? Well, that was before masks became so political. Right versus left. Donald versus Joe. Conservatives versus liberals. All of that silly shit. But I just thought, yo, Raider fans would love it. Raiders have been wearing, Raider fans have been wearing masks for years. They'll love this. Oh, no. And this isn't a shot at Raider fans. This is a shot at NFL fans. Because I thought, like, this this would be brilliant. Dude, the next time there's a home game, and, 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 and I'll pull it up right now. I don't know if the Cowboys are, are at home this week. Not that I encourage anybody to watch the Dallas Cowboys unless you want a good laugh. It's all, The Cowboys are always good for a laugh. Uh, because that's pretty much all they are this year. Let's see who they play. Maybe a bye week? Maybe a bye week? Yep, looks like the Cowboys have a bye week. But the next time, the next time the Cowboys are at home, and it looks like it's a few weeks away as I see they play Minnesota in week 11. Ah, the football team. Thursday. Oh, Thanksgiving, of course. Thanksgiving. Do this. Thanksgiving. Look how many fans are there. And remember, the NFL mandate is... We're going to let fans in, but fans who aren't eating or drinking, you got to put your mask on. If you're just cheering, if you're just watching, you got to have your mask on. The only time you don't have your mask on is when you are actually eating something or drinking something. And then you put the mask back on. Bruh, you ain't going to see am fan with a mask on. Not one. And if you watch really, really closely, you'll see that AT&T Stadium Jerry World, if you will, has filled up considerably since the twenty-five <clears throat> percent that old Jerry and Steven were gonna let in. I think they snuck it up to thirty and then fifty. Now I think it's somewhere around eighty. There are so many freaking people at AT&T Stadium every week or every home game. So, like Joe, like. You're going to convince people to, and, and now, now, now the NFL crowd is a little bit different than the NBA crowd. They're not the same. Politics aren't the same. Uh, we, 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 we know they're not the same, but it's still interesting to think about. Like that's part of Joe Lacob's plan and Joe Lacob, he's got to sell this plan to the County. He has to sell this to Santa Clara County. He has to sell this plan to the state. Now, I believe, now I know that the the state rolled some of their initiatives back. Like, you know, we've, we've all seen, like, we're back at the dreaded purple. We're on the verge. We're inching closer to a complete shutdown. Again, because we screwed this up the first time. California. Oh, I'm old enough to remember when California was one of the states that Kind of got it right. Like, nah, not perfect. But when you look at, when you look at major states, California got it. I remember uh, Sacramento, metropolitan areas. Sacramento got it right. Dude, we have pissed all of that away. And I'm trying to figure out a situation where uh, Santa Clara, 
Or, or, and you heard Joe Lacob there, or you didn't hear Joe Lacob. I, I, I read you Joe Lacob's quote. You read Joe Lacob's quote, like, you know, we want to show everybody, like, this is what we can do. All right, cool. Like, I don't think that's going to work here. Meaning here, meaning in Sacramento. I don't think it's going to work for multiple reasons. I don't think it's going to work around the NBA as a whole. Why? Well, let's go back to the key point in the whole story from Joe Lacob. It's his own money. He's going to spend upwards of $30 million of his own money. Man, ain't nobody else got that. Sacramento ain't got that money. Sacramento been furloughing and laying off and doing all this different stuff. Now, I don't, maybe the Warriors have been doing the same. I have no idea. But I'm comfortable in saying, Sack ain't got that money, bro. So, do fans attending games completely hinge on whether your owner has the money to spend on test for every single person who in, enters the arena? Does the Golden One Center have a state-of-the-art air filtration system? Because I'm trying to, like, I, I find that's another thing that I find fascinating. Because Jerry, old Jerry, sped he spit this same line of BS when uh, he emerged from his bunker after the Black Lives Matter movement began and decided to speak for the very first time. He said, well, AT&T Stadium, it is it's fitted to combat uh, 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 viruses and pandemics because like, we've got the filtration, we've got the circulation of the air in AT&T Stadium. Like, man, y'all really ahead of the ball. Like, y'all just, y'all were ahead of the curve thinking, man, you know what we should do? We should put a state-of-the-art air filtration system in here in case a global pandemic rages on. I don't know if that's part of NBA 2.0 that Vivek brought us here in Sacramento. I love the Golden One Center, but does it have a state-of-the-art air filtration system? Dude, we need to be at home, man. I know y'all are tired of hearing about this. Like, I hate it. Like, Thanksgiving's coming up. We want to be with our families. Dude, full disclosure, I'm going to be around my family. But I also trust my family. I also trust them not to be assholes. I trust that they're not hanging out. They're not going to put me in danger. And most specifically, I got I should clarify, I have a very small family. My family consists of me, my mom, my sister. Now, my sister has nieces, nephews, or my sister doesn't have nieces and nephews. She has son, daughter. I have nieces and nephews. So we, we don't have, it's not like a big, massive family gathering when we get together. It is a very small gathering when our family gets together. But, you know, there's husbands and other family. Like, there's, there's stuff that goes in. I trust all of them not to be assholes. I haven't seen, I've seen them once since March. No, lie. That's a lie. My bad. I've seen them twice since March. It's like, man, Thanksgiving is coming up. California is just raging. And then we got Christmas. Part of Joe Biden's speech. um, I don't think it was at his, that, that Saturday night speech where 
he acknowledged that he was elected president of the United States. I think it was at a, he, he spoke, I think Monday and he just jumped right into it. He was talking about the coronavirus and he said, you know, we're entering a really dark time. Like this is going to be a really, really dark period for the virus. And I think that part of that is a fact that part of the holidays are a part of the fact that I know that flu season is a part of the equation. I know that there are a number of different factors, but really, we're going to be with our families, probably, some of us, most of us. And we're going to be with them again a month later. And then we've got so many things going on in between. And this just doesn't, and, and it, you know, maybe timing is everything. That's what Damon Bruce said to us when we were talking. Like, I don't think the plan is bad, but maybe the timing of it was bad. You know, Ramona Shelburne had this report. She wanted to put the report out there. That's, that's what reporters do. She got it out there like this is the plan for the Golden State Warriors and the, all eyes are going to be on the Warriors on 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 Wednesday. Of course this is going to be a topic of conversation, but can you think of another team in the league that could pull this off? That could pull off a potential because if this is the barometer and I know that the NBA league-wide has set b- barometers and standards for fans being left in the arena, which I understand why the NBA did it. Because the NBA is taking it out of their hands for, they're taking it out of their hands for the Miami Heat, and for the Orlando Magic, and for the Phoenix Suns, and for states that are just fucking COVID gone crazy. It's a pay per view, nine ninety nine, COVID gone crazy. That's what those states are. It's out of their hands, and now it's in the hands of state officials. State officials give the okay in Arizona and Florida. Okay, now it's in the hand of county officials. We know how the county feels. How we heard uh, ass clown that runs Florida. Dos Santos say, well, we're going to have the Super Bowl open at 100% capacity. Vince McMahon heard that. His ears perked up and was like, hey, hey guess who just got WrestleMania? You remember a long time ago? Like June when I was doing a wrestling podcast on Patreon. I haven't watched wrestling since I've ended Patreon. Now, Patreon still exists, by the way. I, I, I should mention that. It's a tax. It's, it's a donation. It's a donation that goes to the, to the Be Heard platform. But, and Be Heard is a nonprofit, by the way. Like, that, that, that's, not like the, that's not like the collection played at church. Where it goes to fund the new ride for the pastor. No, like we're a nonprofit. It goes back out to the community. It goes to the podcast. It goes to all of that different stuff. But part of my thing was, you know what? Wrestling fans. I'm going to host a wrestling podcast. Not just relive. Not where we do the fun stuff when we talk about WrestleMania 17. But where we talk about Raw on Monday. Dude, I haven't watched wrestling since that. Not once. Linda McMahon tweeted something. Like, I can't believe this is a thing. The WWE has pretty much shit on every black performer that's not in the New Day for the last ever. And I I supported them. And they did this racially charged angle with Booker T and, and WrestleMania... 19 can't really remember but 
you if if you know you know they had a pimp when i was a kid the doctor of style he was a pimp slick was a pimp afonseca they're not black they're 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 samoans but they were wild samoans they they bit the heads off chickens yeah, okay got that yeah it's st- and, oh god let's not forget crime time Ah, yes. Crime time. Okay. Through all of that, I continued to support that organization. Through the Attitude Era and the chair shots and the deaths and the murders and all of that. I supported that company. But for some reason, dude, when Linda McMahon tweeted about voter fraud, I had it. I was like, yep, screw you. Screw your entire sorry-ass family. I'm done. I was done with WWE. You know how much that hurts me? That kills me. Like, man, what is my what is all of that money that I put into that company going to WrestleManias, going to Raws, SmackDowns, House shows, action figures, foam f- fingers that I've got hanging up on my wall. All of that crap that I bought in and as a fan from 1984 till 2020. That one tweet from Linda Bay, the $30 million. They put up for Donald Trump. Still, like, uh, you know, they're not alone. Everybody does it. (laughs) Everybody does it. Everybody, meaning league owners, they all do it. They've got these skeletons in the closet. They don't want to acknowledge they support Donald Trump. Whatever. It's fine. People are free to support who they want to. That one fucking tweet from Linda McMahon sent me over the top. WWE Network gone, all of that stuff. I can't, I can't deal with them anymore. I can't believe that Twitter hasn't suspended Donald Trump's account and his campaign's account. Like he is significantly more dangerous now than he was two weeks ago. He's more dangerous now as a dude. Hey, fam, you're fired. But you're going to be on the job for about another two months. Imagine that. Think about that for a second. Imagine your boss comes to you, says, homie, you're fired. But, you know, loss, we we, we, we don't want to pay you for the next two and a half months and you not do anything. So you've got to come to work for the next two months. You've got to come to work for the next 74 days. But know this, on June 20th, your bitch ass is fired. How you going to react? How much work you going to put in at your job knowing in 74 days you're fired? This country (laughs) runs with a transition period. But what we're learning today is the transition period only... It's not a constitutional mandate. It's not a bipartisan group 
that ensures a transition of power from one president to the other, whether it is a one-term president like Donald or George H.W., or it's a two-term president like Bill into George W. or President Obama into Donald. No, 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 no. That's not a thing. It's implied. The transition of power is solely implied. So if you are, well, throwing a hissy fit, you could just sit around and go, I ain't doing shit for the next 70 days. Oh, you want to transition to power? Two middle fingers, Steve Austin style. Here's my transition of power. But what I'm going to do in the meantime is I'm going to undermine the entire democratic process. Now, when the 2016 election happened, there was immediate concern that was that there was a foreign government interference. There had been a concern about foreign government interference before the election. Like President Obama knew about it. Like everybody knew about it. There was a, there was a committee for it and they were monitoring it. They were trying to figure out like, wait a minute, this is happening. Like where, where is it coming from? Then the election happens. The Senate, a party, a committee made up of Democrats and Republicans determined, oh shit, our system isn't safe. We need to monitor this. We need to keep an eye on this. Where can we figure, where's the hole in our system? There is a committee. Again, not a Democratic committee, not a Hillary Clinton-led committee, not a Barack Obama-led committee, a bipartisan committee that was put together to assure that elections moving forward are safe. They said, yeah. Even in that moment, President Barack Obama said, come on in, Donald. We've got to ensure a transition of power. Hillary Clinton blew it. Knew she blew it. Fucked up. Knew she did. I blew it. I screwed up. It wasn't Hillary Clinton or President Obama that said, you know, there was election interference. No, it was a bipartisan committee of both Republicans and Democrats that said, ah, yeah, we got a problem here, guys. No one ever contested the result. But here today, without a shred of evidence, the result is contested. And you have ass clowns like the McMahon family, particularly the matriarch, who we always were taught as wrestling fans, was the good one. Spreading these rumors. Do you know how dangerous it is to delegitimize? I don't know if that's the right word, delegitimize. This is the second time I've struggled saying a word today, and it's not even... The alcohol, I didn't pour a steep enough glass. There's, there's, there's not even, there's, there's, there's no evidence to delegitimize president. Do you know how dangerous that is? Because let's go back to what I said a few moments ago. While 76, 78 million people voted for Joe Biden, 72 million still voted for Donald Trump, even though Joe Biden won by a pretty freaking wide margin in the Electoral College, 72 million people still voted for Donald Trump. Now imagine 
you still have 72 million people that hang on that son of a bitch's word. And he's out there saying, well, this president is legitimate. He's out there tweeting. I think he spoke for the first time today. I haven't had an opportunity to catch up on what he said. But he's out there tweeting. Oh, this is fake. This is rigged. They stole it from me. And you've got 72 million dumbasses who are like, yep, sure did. Man, you talk about a civil war. And then you have, it's one thing for the rural outskirts of Arizona and old Alabama and SEC country to think that, to, to, to hang on every word that Donald Trump says. It's a whole other thing for, like, politicians. It's a whole other thing for people in his party to co-sign this nonsense. Like, fam, y'all kind of, not not completely, but, like, kind of kept control of the Senate. You know, this Georgia runoff is going to be wild in January. Y'all kept control of this. Y'all did pretty good, actually. It's just they didn't like Donald anymore. You know what the you know, crazy thing is? Coronavirus never comes along, right? Imagine coronavirus never happens. Dude, Donald Trump wins this election by a landslide, and that is insane to me. I think it was the coronavirus that that put the nail in Donald Trump's coffin because it was the coronavirus that exposed this dude isn't fit to be a leader. It was the coronavirus that showed us, oh, this, this okay, the talk, the rhetoric, all of that stuff. Donald hasn't done nothing for any of us in three and a half years. He hasn't done anything for black people. He hasn't done anything for white people. He hasn't done anything for poor people. He hasn't done anything for fucking anybody except extremely rich people. So if you are extremely rich and you're listening to this podcast, hit the Patreon account. Send your brother a donation. You can fund Be Heard. We'll give you a sponsorship title. Two, that dude still be, it didn't matter. 72 million votes. And I think it was people, I think, and I know young people dominated this election. Like people under 30 in states that really matter, like Michigan and Georgia. They really, Pennsylvania, same thing. They really showed out. It was the exact opposite four years ago. This year, they really, really showed out. But overall, if we're not locked down, if we're not on quarantine, if we had never heard the term COVID-19, coronavirus, nothing like that, we're good, man. White folks good. They nominated Donald Trump again. He might have actually won the popular vote this time. I think it was COVID that it was undo- his undoing. And it's this this it's such a fascinating thing. It, it's so fa- I'm, I'm it, there are so many what ifs about this. Like, here's a question for you: Would Donald Trump have been reelected if back in March or whenever the 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 idea of wearing masks started? What if he wore a mask? What if he said, "Hey, put these on. Let's keep each other safe." Let's get through the uh, next two or three months. We'll try to get our hands on this. We're going to open up the economy back up. Don't worry. We'll get there. Hey, I'm an economy guy. I'm about money. All I care about is money. All I care about is the economy. Those are my talking points. Put this mask on. Let's roll. What if COVID still hits? 
but he says put on a mask. Does he win re-election? This is the problem of having a podcast when you're by yourself because all you can do is ask the question and then fall silent. And my hope is when I fall silent, you're answering. You know what I noticed this week is I always really liked um, Don Lemon. And I, I just, I, I just enjoy it. Like I've, I've, I, I listen to it, whether it's because CNN, whether it's because he's a black dude, whether it's because he's a black news anchor. I don't know what it was. I realized what it was today. I've told you this before because I'm doing this podcast by myself. And up until August, I had been doing the podcast for over a year by myself. I had been doing any sort of sports talk by myself. And I understand that this podcast has leaned significantly away from sports over the last few weeks. I promise that we're going to, kind of change course probably as soon as next week barring something insane which (laughs) which means it ain't gonna turn next week um but my co-host has always been on this podcast silence and I feel like Don Lemon does the same thing I never noticed it before until like it was sometime this week I think it was like a I think it was last night or the night before I was watching him and I realized he would say something and then fall silent. And he would just kind of look, he was just looking at the camera. And I thought, no wonder I love this dude so much. Silence is his co-host like mine, where I pose the question. If Donald Trump wears a mask in March, is he reelected? If COVID-19 never hits, is Donald Trump reelected? And who in the blue hell are the Sacramento Kings going to draft on Wednesday? Better yet, who do you want them to draft? I have no idea who they're going to draft. None. I'm anxious to see if they're even going to stay at 12. I mean, I don't have any information. I'm just following the, what was it? I think it was Jonathan Giovanni, the ESPN draft guy. It's like, yeah, no. He, he mentioned like four teams, five teams that have really been, oh, there's word that these picks are available, that they're really out there kind of shopping them. And the Kings were one of them. It's like, oh, interesting. Okay. And this is going to be our, our, our deepest look into Monty McNair. Because we still know nothing about this dude. The dude talked for what, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Probably the worst 15 to 20 minutes of his life. I've always said, we're not going to hear from that dude ever again. Monty McNair is gone as far as we're concerned from the public eye, he's going to handle his business behind closed doors. We're going to start to learn about him. We're going to learn about him on Wednesday. Not just him, the entire new front office. We're going to learn about him on Wednesday. We're going to learn about him on Friday when free agency gets underway at three o'clock Friday show. Ooh, next Friday show is about to be lit. I think next Friday is the day we do our uh, everybody's invited Zoom call. I think we do that next Friday. Anybody who wants to be a part of our free agency show, um, uh, email me your address or text it. I still, I, I don't, it's been so long since I've given out the text number. I honest to God don't know what it is anymore. Cause I, I just, I don't give it out and, and shame on me. What is the number? I think you all have, th- this is a, 
God bless and shame. I do not know the number. 916-888-5898. If you want to be a part of our show next week, this show, if you want to be a part of the podcast next week, I told you last week, I think it would be cool to do a Zoom call where we just all, we just hung out and talked. But how perfect would it be because Dilo and Casey is 12 to 2. Pacific Standard Time. Free agency starts at 3 o'clock. Pacific Standard Time. Dude, how fun would it be to react to all of the free agency stuff, assuming there is free agency stuff, on Friday? Like around, what time do I normally start? It's like 5.30. Send me your email address and you immediately get the Zoom invite. 916-888-5898. Let's do that next week, man. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And no political talk next week. Again, barring anything psycho happening. Unless, of course, you want political talk. I'll let you guys be completely in charge of the show next week, man. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, subscribe, rate, and review. Check out our newest podcast, Bill Black. Snack Time with Mac and Ash, brand new episode of The Dope Ones, available as well. A new episode of The Dope Ones posting next week with my man Kenny Caraway. If you haven't ventured over to check out that podcast, please make sure that you do. And, of course, Monday through Thursday, the Do Some Oak podcast. By the way, beginning next week on D-Lo and KC, uh, we're launching a weekly segment with Deuce and Mo on ESPN 1320, 1.30, every single Thursday, Deuce and Mo will be with us. Uh, so go check us out. Uh, do some more. I gave you all of the podcast search. Be heard in the podcast platform of your choice. And if you want to be a part of next week's show, text me an email address and we're in on it. 916-888-5898. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support of this podcast of ESPN 1320 of D-Lo and KC and of Be Heard. We'll see you here next week.